Welcome everyone to Seek Go Create. This is your host, Tim Winders. This is where we redefine success in leadership, business, and ministry by sharing stories and conversations that allow us to rethink how we live, work, and lead. This is a very special episode today, and I've got my guest is my daughter, Dulcie, and I'll introduce her in just a moment. Before I do that, I just want to welcome all of you. This is being released in the month of December. I'm hopeful that you are celebrating, whatever that means, celebrating uh, in the parts of the world that you're in. I'm hopeful that it's a time of peace and joy for you and your family. And that's kind of why we're doing this special series of episodes. And so uh, I hope you enjoy what we do. I do. I do want to encourage you and ask you, as I always do, just to connect with us. And to do that, the best place is to go to our website, seekgocreate.com, and uh, just give us your email address and say hello and welcome and just give us some feedback and comment. And uh, we'd love to hear from you there. So that's the best place to find us. And you can go to all of our other connections there. So a little over... Hmm, 30 years ago, I got this great, great surprise from my wife, Glory. She said, you are about to be a father. And so today I have the honor and the privilege of having a conversation and allowing you to listen in with that daughter that we named Dulcie. And uh, I'll give her a a little intro and we'll have conversation, but uh, she actually runs a big portion of Seek Go Create. She's really kind of operations. Sometimes we call her my assistant, but that means she does a ton of stuff and kind of keeps everybody in order and uh, does a lot of things. We'll talk a little bit about that. And and, uh, she also is a, a wife and a mother and and does so many cool things and the mother part is what's really cool because it means i'm a grandfather now and that's like really really cool but anyway dulcie welcome to seek go create thank you i'm glad to be here so are you going to call me dad or tim the whole time what are you going to do i don't know what should we do probably dad You know, I think people will be okay with that. And so uh, so folks that are listening in, um, Dulcie, there's a lot of wisdom that we're going to discuss here. I'll just go ahead and kind of give you a little glimpse that um, she has traveled around the world, lived in other parts of the world. We're going to have some discussions about that. We're going to have some discussions about what she has experienced this year, this year that's 2020, depending on when you're listening, because it's been an awesome year and it's been a tough year for for those that have been through things. And so we'll have conversations about that and maybe talk a little bit of behind the scenes of our business. And there's a unique principle that Dulcie has implemented. You know, sometimes your kids do things you recommend and sometimes they don't. And I I don't think any of us can really figure that out that well, but Dulcie has implemented something extremely well that we'll talk about later. But Dulcie, first question I want to ask, I like to ask this question first. And uh, most people that listen in know this. Somebody bumps into you. Let's don't. Let's say it's not your dad, but not me, but someone else bumps into you, and they just kind of meet you. You chat, and they say, "What do you do? What can, what response do you give them?" It's been hard the past couple of years because that has morphed and changed. But I am the operations director for the Seat Go Create podcast and our sister companies that go along with that. Um, I 
am a wife. I am a mom, stay-at-home mom, work-from-home mom, which I think everyone kind of has had to be that in 2020. Um, so that's been fun morphing those two roles together. But I also am working on some projects of my own currently that revolve around motherhood, excellence in motherhood, health in motherhood. Um, we can get into some of what I've been dealing with recently in a little bit, but just around postpartum, postpartum depletion, and m mindset. So that's what I am excited to be hopefully launching some things in the new year. And yeah, wife and mom is so kind of my main gig most of the time. <laughs> You know, one of the things, and I'm not, I, this may be a little bit of putting you on the spot, but your mother, Glory, who will be on a future episode, by the way, for those that want to get glorified, as we would say, she always said that her favorite job was being a mom to you and to your brother. And, you know, as as her husband, I was cool with that, you know, because we obviously worked on that project together. But um, you're kind of new mm -hmm. in the mom thing, but just just like what's it like being a mom? It is the biggest blessing, the greatest joy and also my greatest challenge, um, especially in 2020. I sometimes wish I could experience what being a new mom would be like prior to this year, but it is what it is. And I guess we know that her, she was meant to come at this time. She was meant to come into the world at this time. I was meant to become a mom at this time. We were all meant to live through this time, um, at least how we believe. So, but yeah, it's been a lot of time at home as we expected. So really when everyone was complaining about quarantine and just being, stuck inside we were kind of already just in that boat with having a six week old seven week old eight week old so um, we've done some traveling with her this year though she travels super well we're super blessed that she just loves people she loves being around new things new places and she is an absolute joy which if you follow the secret create on instagram or on facebook you have seen some adorable videos of my little blue-eyed angel so yeah. Good plug there. Thanks. I appreciate that. That's good. To, good to get drive traffic to the social media <laughs> channels. That's good. Um, go ahead. Give us a little bit of so so people can grasp uh, what's going on. I actually, hear sirens in the background. I don't know if they're going to come through here, but um, tell people the timeline of your year and everyone kind of knows that March is when lockdown occurred. You guys are in Colorado. They had a pretty strong situation. So give people a little bit of the timeline and we might go ahead at this stage and just kind of dive into some of the things you've been through right. this year okay. and, and the ups and downs a little bit. And then we'll kind of get to a lot of the other business things and all as we move along. Okay. So January was basically the month that I was over being pregnant. And I was convinced that my child was going to come early, and she didn't. She did come right on her due date, so I cannot complain. She arrived on February 8th after three very long days of labor, contraction, pains. Looking back on it now, I know that I had it pretty good, but still, it was I, it was the point to the point where I wasn't able to sleep for several nights. So by the time she came on February 8th, 5 a.m., we were exhausted. But it was super easy for the first two weeks. She was just 
an app. She slept all the time. She was perfect. We had all this family in town to help. And then she woke up and maybe experienced what we think now are some colicky symptoms for another two months. So about when she hit six weeks was when, well, we started hearing some rumblings late February of, oh, we have a coronavirus case, a coronavirus death in United States. We didn't know what that meant. As a new mom, I'm concerned for my child. What does this mean? Do I need to keep her from people? But ended up, we just all shut down and nothing really changed in my life at that point for a couple of weeks, except for the fact that we were up constantly with our, col- our, our colicky crying child. She grew out of it. So what were, <laughs> yeah, what were, and we, and we got locked in in Colorado too. We, we didn't, did. We were there visiting. We were in the RV and that may have been good. It may not have been good. I think we enjoyed it just because we could be around, but what, I mean, I know you don't have anything to compare, mm-hmm. like having a child not during a pandemic, but what what were just a couple quick maybe pros and cons to that? Because we were all kind of reeling a little bit. We were kind of getting our feet under us, and we had this beautiful baby that was with us. But a couple of pros and cons just real quick that you maybe can rattle off. Pros, um, I didn't feel like I was missing out on anything. And it kind of was a good excuse when maybe I didn't want some people to be around that they couldn't be around. <laughs> um, but And I'm thankful we did. We might not have followed the complete law, but we together, you guys, even though you were not in our household, we all kind of quarantined together and really only saw each other. So we did still have you guys in our life, which was a blessing. Um, cons were the fact that I was nervous about food. I was nervous about, I think we stocked up on diapers. That all ended up playing out just fine. And thankfully we have our toilet paper come to us on subscription. So I didn't have to worry about that. But we, another big con was just the fact that right as this was happening, my six week follow-up maternity, like postpartum appointment got canceled, which I think ended up playing into some issues later on because it meant that I did not get to go in and have my postpartum appointment until around 12 weeks. And it was then that I had some testing done on my blood and we realized I was on, I had to be on a thyroid medication throughout pregnancy just because my levels were a little high. And then we realized after the fact that my levels went the opposite direction. So around May and June, I went through this I'm on medication, I'm off medication. We couldn't quite figure out where my levels were at and I don't feel like I got the most adequate postpartum care that I probably should have gotten. And it's not anybody's fault. It's kind of just unfortunately with the way everything played out. But um, yeah, so we ended up traveling back east all of June and that was the hardest month of postpartum at that point because I don't know how much we want to share about our life and our family, but we had some tough family things happen in June with some older family members, just realizing some health challenges and a little bit of depression started setting in. But I had convinced myself that it didn't have anything to do with postpartum. And I honestly don't know if it did, but I do know that my hormones were kind of starting to get a little out of whack. I was not controlling my mind the way that I had been taught and knew I should have been and it kind of just launched this downward spiral 
July, I started seeing more panic attacks, anxiety attacks, things I had not experienced since before I had gotten married. August, September, just still kind of slow. My, my energy levels just, I started feeling super depleted. And then October hit and I turned 30 on October 4th. And it was possibly the worst birthday that I've ever had because I was in bed all day, just not completely not feeling like myself. I was sick and just, I knew something had to change. So I've recently gotten a hold of that. I have gotten a great team of naturopaths and other doctors in my life that's helping me get some of the, not what I want to call, I do not want to label what I have necessarily postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety. I do think that there were some pieces of anxiety and depression there, but I strongly believe that a lot of this is linked to some postpartum depletion. Despite the fact that I live a very healthy lifestyle with a healthy diet, I just maybe because of some of the coronavirus stuff and just, I don't, I don't know what missed the mark, but it has brought a lot of the importance of taking care of yourself postpartum front and center for me. So that's where I'm at right now. Yeah. One thing that's interesting about it, as you were just describing that, don't see, I was just sitting here thinking that trajectory is almost what culture and the world has gone through also you know, one of the things that I've observed is that there is almost this PTSD, which I know is is different, but it basically is an overwhelm mm-hmm. that is going on. And you brought up, you know, we, we kind of had a little bit of a pile on around June that my father, we kind of found out he was probably in a dementia state and was having cognitive issues. And that has, we have learned more about that. And that is the case. And and some other, both my parents are working through some health challenges and, and even your mother's mother is working through some. So there's, there's really just a lot of things piling on as well as, this is kind of what I say all the time, both the macro, you know, the world, culture, politics, all of that. And then the micro, you know, inside your house, you've got a new child, you've got some family members that are, so, so a lot of things that were piling on, plus that boss you work for. Oh, gosh. <laughs> he's tough. <laughs> no, he's the best ever, right? He is. Best he's ever. the absolute best. <laughs> no, I mean, so so really what you're experiencing, though, seems like almost a cycle of what what almost the world went on. And right. I'm not taking anything away from what you're going no. through or anything. But, but honestly, that's why I did probably not think sooner that I was dealing with something that was linked to postpartum and depletion. I thought I was just depressed and overwhelmed and anxious because of everything we saw going on in the world from March into June with all of the riots and Black Lives Matter and caring about those things. And then we see things happening in Beirut. And just I could keep going on and on about all these different things that I feel like have just been so front and center this year. And I I have realized I was super good about this when I was pregnant. I really didn't get on social media that much as a new mom mm-hmm. in the midst of coronavirus and with a lot of extra time on her hands, sort of, not really, but breastfeeding and such things, you just are on your phone a little bit more. I spent way too much time consuming from outside sources and that 
definitely was also another contributing factor and I think would have been for anyone. Again, it was just the perfect storm for me of everything happening in the world, everything happening in my body, what I was allowing in, what I wasn't allowing in. Yeah. So I'm in a good place now though. <laughs> good, good, good. And listen, there's there's a lot of us that are going through this overwhelm and things going on. And it's still know, going we're on. Recording this. We're week yeah, after we're the election. This post <laughs> Yeah, post-election, and this is coming out in December. I'm sure the world is going to be awesome when this is released by then. So what, what um, before I kind of go into a few other things that I want to discuss, what are just a few, I don't know if advice is the mm. right word or tips or, um, you know, there, there could be some moms listening in. There could be some young moms. There could be some people that are just, that have just gone through some bouts of anxiety this last year or we hate, you know, depression. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff that people are dealing with. Um, just can you give just a couple of tips, a couple of things? Cause I know you've experimented. I know we spent a lot of time in prayer. I know you've, you've, you've got a great husband that we interviewed, you know, for last week's episode and all of that, but just, just a few, a few things that I know you necessarily haven't arrived. You're in a better place, but just a few good tips that can help someone out that might be listening in. There's a lot of information out there when you are a new mom and a lot of people that want to tell you what you should do. And that is one thing that I regret and I'm proud of myself for. During pregnancy, I was trying to consume as much information as possible until I realized that it all contradicted each other. Let your baby sleep in your bed. Never let your baby sleep in your bed. Get them on a sleep schedule by two. Oh, just all this conflicting stuff that I finally was just like, put it all away. I'm going off my own instincts. And I am thankful that I did that because we do have a child now who is fairly stable, pretty good at sleeping through the night other than some teething episodes we've had recently. And I'm, I'm thankful for that just in the taking care of baby thing. One thing I would have done differently and will do differently for any future pregnancies is the mental aspect of things. I prepared so much for labor and I knew what my body was going to do. And I knew what, you know, I, without knowing what it was going to feel like I, I was prepared. I was going to have my baby naturally. And I did. And I'm very thankful that I was able to go through with that plan, but I did not prepare for the mental toughness of labor and also the mental toughness of postpartum. And I have learned so much, thankfully, just in the past couple months with doing some mindset work, with just some shifting of the way I think about things, with the way of looking at thoughts as they come in and being able to analyze them and control them without letting them take over like a crazy weed. Um, but yeah, I, I think that that piece right there, that work is going to help throughout pregnancy on the days when you just don't feel like having a massive stomach anymore through labor, however long or short your labor is, whatever you decide to do and through postpartum, which I'm learning is going to be for the rest of my life. I, I'm, in, I'm in postpartum for the rest of my life at this point. Like, and I think that it's just, that's life skills, right? Like that's not just something that a new mom needs to know. I, these are things that thankfully you guys taught pretty well growing up. I think that I let maybe fall to the side a little bit just as 
I was letting other things control my thoughts, letting other things come into my mind via social media, via books, via other voices. Um, but yes, that peace, that mental peace, peace in itself, just allowing yourself to be at peace. And yeah, that's good. So one thing related to that, you know, many times someone's superpower can also be their kryptonite. And one of your superpowers is you set pretty high expectations <laughs> for situations, for for events. And, you know, I can tell stories about when we went to Disney World and stuff like that. We won't go down that road. <laughs> but 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 one of the things you just mentioned that that maybe I want you to just share a little bit, because I think people have this personality and sometimes it's difficult to recognize the good and the bad with all of that. You know, like our an overused strength can become a weakness. You, you mentioned you had some expectations around birth based on how you read and probably social media played into it. And maybe it didn't quite line up. And so it, it maybe impacted your mental aspect of it. Can talk just mm -hmm. a little bit about that and share what you've learned, I know, I know it's not anything you've got figured out yet because we all, I mean, you also have a high degree of control because you've got double that from your parents. You know, yeah, you like to control your situation. Yeah, where that comes from. <laughs> you got a double gene of that. But, and the problem is, is this has been a year of out of control yes. for, for the world and also for a little bit personally. So talk a little bit about that disconnect. And then we're going to shift and start having more fun talking about your travels and okay. some holiday seasons and things like that. So my birth, I am very thankful. At the end of it, I was able to have my daughter naturally. I did not have to go. I had her in a birth center with a midwife. Um, I did not have to get rushed to the hospital or anything like that. You do hear stories of that happening. Um but yes, it was something that I could not control. I was convinced because my mother had two pretty short labor and deliveries that I too was going to have super quick breeze labor and deliveries. I worked out all through my pregnancy. I drank the red raspberry leaf tea. I ate dates. I, I, my body was ready, right? No, that's not what my labor story was. Um, I had, oh, I think, over 75 hours of contractions, which I don't wish on anyone. I don't wish 24 hours of contractions so, on anyone. So, but so a quick quick interjection here, though. Would, would you have perceived failing somehow had you not had it natural? And, and I want to also say this. For those of you listening that are business people, this journey is very similar for people that start businesses, start companies, start organizations, because there's this thought, this expectation, it doesn't get going like you want to. And then all of a sudden it's like, huh, what does this all mean? So right. I'm curious. I mean, you know, I, I was on the outside looking in, I was grandpa. So I was just kind of like, excited. you know, you cleaned my house for me. Thank I you. Looking, yeah. I, um, <laughs> at the end of it, it was not a sense of failure, but a sense of, not that we, we did not feel like we were robbed, but Hunter and I both just felt a bit traumatized, even though it went the way we wanted it to go, for the most part, the outcome was what we wanted. We both felt like we had been through war. 
and it's something that we have had the time to process. It's actually something that I am going in and talking to my midwife about in the next couple of weeks because I've realized there's still just some questions that I have because I was not all some women are just can be very in their bodies when they are in labor and having a baby. I felt very outside of my body because I felt out of control. All I could do was just give all I could in pushing just to get my child out. And I was so tired. I wasn't, I did not feel present. And I think maybe that was some of the reason too. Um, Yeah. Just this lack of control and this feeling that, if that didn't go the way it was supposed to, what else isn't going to go the way it's supposed to? And look at where we are now. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so how's that working out for you? <laughs> yeah. We, every, everything's fine. Everybody, we're all fine. Just got a month left of 2020. Good. We can do it. Um, no. Yeah. That's been my biggest thing this year. And some of it is genetic. Like I just, I want to control what I can control. And I think stepping into motherhood, you want to be able to control more than you can. But I can't control whether my child eats what I want her to eat or not. I can't control whether she's going to sleep or not. We've had some very short nap days recently, and it's been very frustrating. But we just have to go with it and love her, which we're going to do anyway, and just be there for each other, Hunter and I, and trust. It's been a lot of trust, a lot of letting go of control and trusting in the process, trusting in God, trusting in whatever it is you want to put your trust and your faith in. That's what this year has probably taught me more than anything is to let go of things that I think I've been trying to control for years now that we can't control anything, you guys, except for what we think in our minds and yeah. the way we and, respond and to being, things. <laughs> and being a parent, being a parent uh, definitely lets us know we're not that much in control. And uh, you mm-hmm. know, I always, always, and I know you converse with God and I say, God, you know, what's up? We're doing this for children. He goes, ah, I know. I can't keep control of my children either. You know, it's like, goodness gracious. So, all right, well, let, let's shift a little bit. And, and I want to kind of, I want to get some, some experiences from you that might be cool for people to hear about. And uh, just, and they might, we might jump around a little bit, but, but anyway, I think that's cool. You grew up, we, we lived in the state of Georgia for most of all of your growing up years. You went off to college and then after college, it was like the downturn for those that have listened to our story. It was when we were going through a lot of rough stuff. Might ask you a little bit about that shortly, but you made the decision to go overseas. And so tell everybody kind of what that process was. Maybe you could share kind of, we, we were in the midst for those that have listened to back episodes of, of going through our downturn after 2008. It was very financially difficult. We were losing our home. We were going through bankruptcy. It was about the time you finished up college and made it through and all that. And the economy was interesting. And also talk a little bit about your decision process and what you did and what all you learned from the cool experiences that, uh, that you jumped into at that time. Yes. After everything you just said, I needed to leave and get out. (laughs) Um, I did not get the chance to 
study abroad while I was in college. I graduated in three years for financial reasons because I did not want to pay an extra year of student loans off. Um, And we just finished paying off the student loans this year, praise God. But I knew that I'd always had this love for Europe, even though I'd never been. I just knew I wanted to experience other cultures. So I kind of very spontaneously just got, I think, I don't know if it was sent to me or if I found just an au pair website. And for those that don't know what an au pair is, it's essentially a nanny. Um, And I signed up to go overseas and got placed with a family in Italy and moved to Italy for six months in Rome. It was the most magical time of my life up to that point, probably. It was also incredibly frustrating just for cultural reasons, for work reasons, for language barrier reasons. Um, But it just lit this fire in me of, oh, I can go live on my own somewhere. I can go, which I had gone off to college by myself in another state five hours away. Like it wasn't just, I guess, a super drastic change, but I, this was a drastic change. And I really learned that I loved the spontaneity of it. I loved the, I loved the not knowing, even though I wanted we've talked about so much that I want to be in control. It was a season of my life where I was relinquishing almost that control. And I think I was leaning into, so I'm a, I don't completely subscribe to the Enneagram, but for those that do, I am a one on the Enneagram. And we know that when ones are in most health, they lean towards being a seven, which is the very fun, spontaneous number on the Enneagram. And I think that I really was leaning into that in those years. Um, that led that that time in Italy led to a year in Australia, being a nanny as well. And it just I, I still look back on that year just with such fondness. And I we were supposed to go my husband and I to Australia around the time we were supposed to have around the time we were going to have Adari, but we found out we were pregnant, so we ended up not going. Praise God, we might still be there because of coronavirus craziness. Someday I will be back Australia someday. But yeah, it was just a season where I was not standing on the sidelines of life. I was making friends with anyone I could make friends with. I was experiencing anything I could experience in in a moral circle. Like I wasn't just going super crazy, but I, I was traveling any and everywhere I could within these countries. Um, And that ended up leading to a very fun experience of coming back to the United States after my visa ended in Australia, getting in our 2000 Odyssey van that my parents had left in Los Angeles with my brother while they were off traveling and going on a 17,000 plus mile road trip throughout the Western United States by myself as a single 23 year old girl looking back on it now. I thought, I I think I'm, I I think I was a little crazy. I put myself (laughs) in some crazy situations. I put myself probably in some danger, but it was still a blast. I learned a lot about myself. I'm gosh, I'm trying to like, I still am trying to sum up that trip a little bit in my head. I think, I think I'm still trying to learn. I'm still trying to figure out everything I learned on that trip. So you went, so, so let, let me recap a little bit and then I'll, I'll help out with it. You went from 
you went from uh, Georgia to Italy, and I think you might have come back briefly. Then you went to Australia for a year. You came back, and then you you got in the Honda van that that for those folks that kind of follow us, we lived in for a little while and, and you jumped in it and you traveled all up the West, all over the Western U S and also, Mm -hmm. and, and I think it's cool that aunt Emma, who, who we won't go into who aunt Emma joined you for Mm -hmm. a brief period of time during that travel. But, but, but I guess the thing that I'd love to ask just uh, like, I like to ask about a lot of things is what was something that you learned maybe big picture about the world during mm. that time? And then what's something maybe that you learned about yourself mm. during that time? Cause I think, weren't we, weren't we in New Zealand during then? Weren't you we? were in New Zealand when I was on my road trip. Yes. So throughout okay, the so course, we weren't around. no one was around. <laughs> no, my brother was in Los Angeles and that was still a long ways away from a lot of the places I was most of the time I was without cell service. A lot of the time, I it's God protected me through a lot of things on that trip. I learned. Well, that's a good, so that's I a good learning big, point. Yes, that's that is. I think I learned that for, about myself. I I did learn to trust God in knowing in trying to figure out where I was going to sleep that night and in wondering if I was going to make it through a very difficult hike or not. I put myself through some very strenuous things. Um, but I, I learned that I'm strong. I learned that I'm incredibly strong on that trip. And I, talking about that now, because it, honestly it hasn't been something I've reflected on a lot recently. That's something I've maybe not entirely forgotten, but I think I've almost put that part aside for my later, the later half of my 20s. And it is very, that's heartbreaking to think a little bit because as I've turned 30, I have done a lot of reflecting and wondering why I did certain things in my 20s, why I didn't do certain things in my 20s. What did I do well? What did I not do well? Um, how do I want to take life into my 30s and how do I want to spend that? And that those, those years, those years of traveling, of being spontaneous, of going wherever I wanted to go, those were the years that I should have let trickle into my later 20s, and I should have continued being that, despite what the world told me, despite what family might have told me. Um, not you guys, but maybe some other family members and other people that I let speak into my life. Um, I was told that I wasn't grounded and by, by some people that I cared about, and I think that I let certain things get in my head and chose a different path. So. So one thing, one thing that I, the Lord worked with me on, I don't know if I've shared it with the audience before, but when we first launched out in our RV, this is just two years ago, I was so intent on getting to the next stop. I mean, it's, it's not that easy for those watching on video, driving this thing behind me. And, and the Lord really spoke to me and said, enjoy the journey. Mm -hmm. In looking back at that time, how much of all of that travel were you enjoying the journey and how much were you maybe not enjoying as much as you would knowing what you know now? I don't know if it's a percentage or just yeah, I don't know in general, but looking back on my memories of it, 
there were times that I let some stress come in. There were times when like there was a time in Italy where I was homeless for three days because I was in between families and didn't know what that looked like. And I there, yeah, there were definitely some times where I let some stress creep in and um, take over in some unpositive ways. But mainly when I look back on everything, it was joy. It was it was it was peace like i actually did have an overwhelming amount of peace being somewhere that i had never been before like it just i was i was probably my best self in those years um but yeah i not i i would say if we're talking about enjoying the journey yes i got married in my later 20s yes i got pregnant with a child and had a child in my later 20s, but I have shifted back into a place where I probably was more in high school and college where I wasn't enjoying the journey of life. And I very much so been on the sidelines almost waiting for something to happen, even though stuff has happened. And it's, again, I'm super blessed. My life has been amazing the past couple of years, but I let what I saw other people, I'd graduated from college with. I'd let what they were doing with their lives and what maybe I shifted and thought in my mind, oh no, that's successful. I'm not doing that right now by traveling, even though I probably was living a much peace, more peaceful, like happy life. But <laughs> yeah, what does, what does social, how does social media play into that? Oh, y'all. I don't know. That's a whole other podcast for a whole other time. We, I, I unfortunately, mean, listen, we see this, we see this culturally. It's everywhere. And we see a lot of people dealing with this and it makes that comparison game way too easy. Yeah. And so we can hear a hundred times. Don't, don't believe everything you see on tr- social media. Don't like, that's just their highlight reel. I think that we can hear that a million times, but at the end of the day, if we're still going to have an attitude of comparison, as I have had throughout life, it's still going to affect us. And it's still going to, I think that that probably was largely some of the mental stuff that I've been dealing with is letting those, those outside sources, like I've said, come in. Um, and that affected, yeah, that affected several years ago when I thought, oh, I, oof, I'm not even close to buying a house. I don't really know where I would even buy a house. I don't, I don't have like a nine to five job, like what? So I shifted more into still a life of freedom with some contract work, but it was at the time, not life-giving, very draining. Um, I'm still so thankful for the path that God has led me on. And I know that it has set me up for an amazing future with an amazing husband, an amazing child, but there again, I just, I did. I let comparison take over. I let um, thinking the way, like I, I needed to look a certain way to be a good, successful 25 plus year old. Um, and that, that is where I'm sitting now turning 30 and there's regret for the way that I chose to live. So yeah don't compare kids let's let's talk yeah no stop it don't do that all right so let's do this let's let's shift 
and talk about something kind of fun for this time of year. Let's talk about Christmas. Let's talk mm-hmm. about two things. Christmas growing up in the Winders household <laughs> because your father, I was a big decorator, wasn't I? You... <laughs> I, would we have decorated if you were in charge? I don't know. You know, we, let's be real. We probably would have done something, but uh, anyway, maybe so describe Charlie Brown Christmas tree, des- y'all. That's what we would have had if it were Tim Winders decorating. I, but no, Glory Winders, y'all. Glory Winders had trees in every it, room. Go ahead and tell we it. had lights. We had it, the smells of Christmas, the sights and sounds of Christmas. Glory Winders can create an atmosphere and that is something i'm still trying to learn and hope that i my children will remember me for and (laughs) and and when did she decorate and when did the decorations come down on average so she decorated about the same time i decorated last week either on halloween or shortly after i did not get my tree up on halloween but got it up the next day it's okay um and then hmm, it depended on how we were feeling when we got the Christmas tree down. Um, I think one year was May. Um, <laughs> most of the time it was later January, though. So we, we, we prolonged the Christmas season as much as we could yeah. in our house. And my, my thinking was that it was such a massive production. <laughs> and we had the 12, 13-foot trees. We're going to use it. We're going to keep it around as long as we possibly you just can. didn't want to lug so, it up and down the basement stairs. That's the only reason. Possibly. What's a what's a cool memory growing up, Chris? Oh. Got a cool memory you're willing to share? Yes. Oh, let me. So I remember the year we got a dog, and we were so excited. And it was I I distinctly remember it was Christmas night. We had already gotten all of our gifts. We had been to family's house Christmas, and in. in in essence of what my childhood thought it was, was over. The gifts were over, all that. But I was like, something's still coming. My sweet little child heart, oh, something's still coming. And y'all gave us a dog that night. And it was just, that was a perfect Christmas memory. But some travel memories. I remember y'all always did a really good job at making just that season leading up to Christmas super fun. I remember going sneaking away i think that you guys picked us up from school like the last day of school and had our bad bags packed and we didn't know and took us up there's a couple of different times that happened i know we went to dollywood i know we snuck away to the north georgia mountains sure we didn't have snow or anything like that but it was it was still just super fun and magical oh and speaking of surprise travel so we always got a surprise gift just to for the for the crowd and it was always kind of our christmas night gift one year it was a dog but every other year it was travel and there was one year i think it was 70 degrees that christmas that y'all surprised us with a trip to canada um we went to montreal um up to montremblant and we had never seen snow us poor georgia kids like that and yes it was after christmas but oh that was magical and the town of montremblant was just such a cute little Christmassy, perfect snow globe town. Um, y'all did a good job. I, and that's really, it's made me think a lot this year because I think that like a lot of people have kind of just thrown 2020 out the window and 
we there's been a lot of things that have happened we thought we were going to move before christmas we thought we were going to be in a different state in a different home we thought we were going to be in a completely different area of life at this point but different things have prolonged that different things have happened and i have not thought until recently other than setting up my tree because why not um what I wanted these Christmas traditions to look like for our family now with my child. Um, so yeah, I've been trying to think, you know, she's, she's going to be 10 months. She, she's not going to remember, but how can I make it magical? She loves our Christmas tree. What else can I do? And so I've been kind of talking to mom a little bit, like, what can I do to make this special for my family? What can I do to make this special for my husband this year? So that's um, I've shifted into the glory wonders role, and I just hope that that anointing comes on me. <laughs> that that glory that glorification magic. I'm yes. I, I'm pretty confident you will find it because you have it, no doubt. Um, before I ask, I've got like two two maybe questions to ask as we finish up here. I want to ask kind of lessons learned in 2020 as you head into 2021, but. You, there was something that we learned a number of years ago called the storehouse principle that you seem to really grab hold of. And what I'd love for you to do is to just, in your words, tell, tell us what it is and what it's done for you. You don't have to give exact dollar amounts or anything, but just talk about what it means to you and your family in the area of of finances. So storehouse principle. So the storehouse principle is based off just some biblical money principles. Um, Like we saw with in the story of Joseph putting grain aside to last them seven years um, through seven years of famine. Um, You see it in a lot of different places. I feel like within scripture at different places talking about, um, setting aside for your family. And so we, when we got married, we found a cute, cheap little apartment knowing we were going to save a ton of money in rent. We chose to live way below our means and we have been able to set aside over 50% of our income pretty much from the beginning of marriage. Um, We kind of have about 10 to 20% of that going into more of like a savings investing kind of area. We have money set aside for medical funds and car funds. And we choose, we don't give to each of those funds every single month, but we, we fill them up as needed. And the goal is to have those accounts to a point where they are, we're we're not going to be in a place where, Oh, we need, we need a new car. We don't have any money for a new car. Um, and we actually saw that play out this year. My husband and I purchased not a new car, a used car, but we are, I think, within a month of paying it off six months in. So we, it, we're we very thankful for these principles that we've been putting in place. Um, we're doing that same thing with saving for a house. Um, what we have seen, it, it's been amazing to watch when we've had abundant income coming in, when we've had little income coming in, those accounts just continue to grow. Giving is also a big part of what we do. We give 
10 plus percent of our income. It's our goal to give way more. We're listening to God in this season and asking him how he would have us give. But what's so cool about the storehouse that we're building, which is kind of the, it's one of the funds. It's kind of sort of the savings fund, but not really. It's the storehouse fund. We get to use that however we feel like God tells us to. And we actually have never had to use it yet. There's never been a anything come up where we haven't had the money in either a giving fund or another place to take care of something. But it's going to be really cool to see how God uses that money that has just continued to build up and increase and multiply in the future. Um, yeah, so it's, I recommend it. Live below your means and yeah, make it that, happen. I, I, I'm proud of many, many things that you and Hunter do, but but I could tell you that that principle is something that had we done that at y'all's age, it would be such a game changer for us. So and and the live below your means and all so impressive. So very very proud of you for all of that. The um, my we've life already is kind complete. of talked about twenty. good we've got that out of the way so so we've already talked a little bit about 2020 and some of the good and the challenges and 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 all with 2020 but what are you looking forward to in 2021 i know you've got a business you've started you've done some other things you you're working in health and wellness and 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 i know you're doing a lot of things personal go ahead and go and just let us know what all you're excited about as you head into 2021 I am excited. It's it's so strange because normally I would have all the goals and I would, again, know exactly where we were going to be and where I wanted us to be and all this stuff. We have no idea where we're going to be. Our landlords who are here today and asking us, what are your plans? You're going to stay? You're going to move? We're like, we're here till further notice, y'all. Just we'll keep paying rent, y'all. Just keep making y'all be okay with it. Um, and they love us, so that's great. But... I am excited for a change. I do think that a lot of change is coming. Maybe it's not location change. Maybe we're still here. Maybe we get pregnant again in 2021. Maybe we don't. A lot of things that I want to plan, I am finding I am being held back from planning. So I'm open. I am very willing. I want I want God's will to be done. I know that a big part of what my assignment is in this season is to work on myself, to work on my mindset, to work on my health for my husband, for my child. And together we are working on becoming not a perfect family, obviously, but we're perfecting becoming a family, the three of us, knowing that other children will be brought into that in the future. Um, I know that I cannot go through another season like what I've been through trying to grow another human, trying to bring yet another human into our family, there are some things that need to change. And so I am excited to, with me putting forth that effort to see what God can do, because I really do feel like some amazing breakthrough is about to come in the area of work for us, in the area of location, potentially in the area of just projects and dreams and things that we've been holding on to for years and maybe thought we'd let go of that I think are being birthed again 
Um, and I'm excited to see my little girl start walking and become a little toddler. Like she's just, she's just going to be so cute. Y'all look on Instagram. Well, she's, she's there for you. I have, yeah. You know, I'm excited about that. So come on now. Um, anyway, Dulcie, I, 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 I knew that I would enjoy this, but it was, it actually is really, it warms me for us to have a conversation like this and for others to be able to listen in on it. And I do want to be mindful of our time. So I'm going to give you the final question here and then I'll wrap up. And that is the podcast, as you well know, as you see very often is seek, go, create. Oh yeah, that's the third and one. you know that, yeah, you know, my final, my final question is typically, which one of those words means the most right now? I mean, it could change, but right now what resonates with you and why? Yeah, right now. Yeah, because I've definitely done the go. I've done the create. But right now, kind of going off that last answer is definitely seek. Seeking to understand myself, seeking to understand others, seeking to understand God more. Um, I really have been seeking the kingdom first or trying to as best I can in this season. Um, And I think that's where I'm seeing a lot of fruit. And isn't that what we all need to be doing always? But I... I'm definitely in more of the seek season right now, which is so perfect. I think too, coming into, we never really did like Advent season in our family. It was just Christmas and we knew what it was about Jesus. But I, in the past couple of years, have taken up more of like an Advent practice as we get into December. And it's so perfect right now to be doing that along with what else I feel like God's kind of calling me to do. So seek. Yeah, very good. Well, I just, I want to tell you how much I appreciate all that you do for me and for this operation that we're doing because it really is a blessing. I mean, for those that may not know, all the stuff happens because of Dulcie. She, I mean, I I like push record and I, I hate to say that's all I do, maybe a little bit more than that, but but she just does a tremendous amount and I appreciate it. And I so appreciate you being that awesome mother to that grandchild. Looking forward to seeing her real soon. So thank you very much for being on the podcast, Dulcie. And I, I am so, so excited to spend time around the holidays and just see what happens for you as you head into the next year. If you are listening in, uh, thank you for that. And I will kind of encourage you again to go to our website, seekgocreate.com, and connect with us. We would love to keep you updated on our on our episodes and also on our uh, on all that's going on with Seek Go Create. And especially as we head into the new year, you're going to want to stay tuned and watch what's happening. And you're going to want to make sure you listen in on next week's episode because I'm going to have a similar conversation with Dulcie's younger brother, JK, Joshua. Sometimes we call him JK. And uh, and we'll have a fun conversation with him also. So until next time, thanks for listening to Seek, Go Create.